Anybody need a snack? Kratos? Snack? I do not need a snack. Welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it's our goal here to suck just a little bit less every day. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Holt. And this is episode number 87 for November 9th, 2022. And I hope you appreciate just how much dedication I am showing to our show and to uh, this, this effort, because I just got off of my PlayStation 5 after playing an hour, the intro hour of the new God of War Ragnarok. So like, I, I don't think, um, I don't think you can completely fully comprehend the magnitude yeah. of self-control I you, that I am demonstrating if, right now. I, I would say if you know, you know on that, right? <laughs> is it, is it that good? It is. I, I, I they're doing the intro bit and it's it's very much in line has a very the intro has i i literally have played for about 50 minutes so i'm i'm mm-hmm. i'm only a little bit in but the intro is gradually opening up and warming up the way that the first one did mm-hmm. and it has just as much emotional weight that the mm. the acting the acting is so good it blows my mind how good of a job they do with the subtle t- it's it's Right. It's delicious. It's so far it's been very very good. I can feel a slight difference in the combat so far. Kratos doesn't feel as heavy. He was very mm-hmm. he was very hefty and chunky. He's a little more um little more like old school Kratos, a little more uh up and down mm-hmm. verticality, a little more agility. Um there's a, a slightly larger so far I've only seen a couple of enemies, but so far there's a slightly larger focus on uh dodging. Uh, there wasn't as much focus mm. on dodging before. It was block yeah. or attack is really what you yeah. did. And now there's actual I, dodge. I have a plan. Yeah. Attack, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. So anyway. No, I played I played the original, the, the first God of War, the original one. Oh, my gosh. Um, Fantastic. And game. then and then just haven't kept like I just haven't played any. So I don't even know how many there have been since then. I there, know there was at least a second and a third. I think there were, yeah, there were three. There were three. Mm-hmm. There was a mobile version on PSP, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And then a uh, big long break until a and now uh, Ragnarok. Ra- well, there was God of War in 2018, which they stopped the numerical counting because mm-hmm. basically for the through the first three. He killed pretty much the entire Greek pantheon. It's pretty much like all of them. Like all of them. Everybody. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for like a 15 year old game. I guess the first. When did the first one come out? Anyway, Uh, uh, we're we're uh, we're on the hunt here. Refactored podcast. This is what we do. Well, it's good radio. (laughs) We keep people entertained. Uh, We find the information that people really want real time 2005 is when yeah. the first one came out so yeah 15 17 years ago mm-hmm. that's that's my that's my most recent interaction with god of war it's still a fantastic game i mean and at the time it? it was so it was so refreshing uh you had this character that um i mean the, the combat style was crazy the the idea of these blades on these chains that he would swing oh around. my so god fighting style was so visceral and awesome and so the movements that he did but what was really cool about it was the way that they you know the um the sheer brutality of what he did 
and the way that you could like there were certain there were certain um monsters that you could go up to them you know like a lot of enemies they can do like he has finishing moves and things like that there were mm-hmm. certain enemies they really opened it up with that with that with yeah the series. like you could grab certain characters at any point and just just rip, he them, would apart. rip them apart it was yeah it was it, it was just really really fun it was really yeah. really fun um and so they I mean, I've kept that, but you know, the new one that started in, this is a new series. Cause now he's in, this is Norse mythology. Um, so they sort mm-hmm. of rebooted it in 2018, a uh, much larger focus. He, he's not as much of a testosterone induced rage machine. You know, he's, he had a wife. This is the start of the game in 2018. He had a wife, the wife died. He has a son and they're going to um, spread her ashes. That's the opening of the, of the 2018 mm-hmm. version. And so there's this much bigger focus on his, on his personal and emotional development. And it's really good and really awesome gripping visceral combat, but it's a very yeah. different style than the first three. It is, it is very, very different. Um, so anyway, much of, much of what the first game, the 2018 version had, they've got in this one. And it, it just, it went live on, I had a, I had a digital pre downloaded. It went live at midnight last night. I had to get to bed. So I, I didn't want to just, I didn't want to be up until all hours, so I decided. Okay, you didn't want to go to bed at five a.m. I didn't want to go to bed at five with your eyes I bleeding. Be, I wanted to be awake right. for the for the kids, and I went to the gym. I did some morning stuff, and then yeah. it was I jumped into that, and then I had to get off of that to come over here and talk to you. Yeah. So instead of that, you get me. Yeah. 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 I hope you're happy. That's not. I hope that's not self sacrificing. That's just self flagellation. <laughs> that's just that's just automasochism is what that is <laughs> so oh, anyway man so what do you have to talk about that's more important than god of war right now what do you have to talk about that's more important than that? well it's the it's the blood i mean as predicted here on the refactored podcast we could pull probably a dozen different shows where we discuss this the bloodbath is really starting to kick in um you know uh shopify had put a hiring freeze kind of one of the first wave high profile hiring freezes in i think august time frame um and now we find out uh uh twitter's doing a bunch of layoffs meta is going to be doing a bunch of layoffs mm-hmm. uh apple has put a, a a strategic hiring freeze into effect like that inflection point i think we reached it a couple of months ago but now we're starting to see the actual result of that momentum shift in like a big industry-wide way and i don't like i'm not i'm not giddy about i'm not excited about this but like i I, to to whomever disagreed with us along the way i bloody well told you so (laughs) (laughs) we we need a i need to figure out like a a, uh i told you so sounder we need no we need we need alfred from the dark knight saying well i did bloody well tell you (laughs) right at the end all right all right i'll get i'll get right on it what i did bloody tell you not not great news for our our brother in it's not arms keys our brother in brothers in keebs uh can i say that uh not 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 good stuff but yeah that's that the macro is is finally the the fed turned off the free money faucet and uh that's starting to starting it's to come down so the funny that you bring this up because somebody in my uh in my social circle uh works or i should actually say worked at facebook he was just mm-hmm. laid off today I oh, just man. Found out. so he was part of a group so he was internal i'm going to keep things super high level and anonymous so that be- no, no 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 yeah but yeah. um part of a group of approximately eleven thousand that are that mm-hmm. that is the number that's sort of being tossed around um and 
Uh, now, he, if I don't know if I, I don't know if I can ask this deep. Feel free to say no. Sure. I, I do want to actually protect the the anonymity here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, are you able to? Are you able to shed light on whether this was a, uh, say, just broadly more or less technical role? This is a technical role. He had okay. been there. See, when uh, I saw, like, when I saw that they've got ninety thousand employees, you know, a business oh, like yeah. that with the content that they produce, the vast majority are honestly like operation centers with people that hate their lives, just manually reviewing flagged content and trying to keep bad stuff off the platform. So nobody gets sued. Like that is the majority of their workforce is non-technical, low wage, hourly employees being abused by the worst parts of, of your great aunt's capability to leverage the internet for, for, nothingness i i think um, there's there might and be i figured most of the layoff most of the pullbacks would be would be in that area uh, well i i i'm not people who are frequent listeners know that you or i um but me especially are not fans of of the fangs uh the facebook apple amazon netflix google silicon valley you know big you know big uh, what would you big tech You know, not not generally yes. a fan of of that of that style. Uh, however, uh, this role is technical. Um, it seems like the people around him were also technical that were laid off. Uh, he's been there, I will say, a little above or below a year. Again, trying to keep things anonymous mm-hmm. here. Um, most and uh, what kept him. So this kind of runs counter to what you just described. So that's why I wanted to add it. Mm-hmm. Um, what what kept him there was the fact that he was actually extremely well paid, like over yeah. the top high level salary. But so the, it, but the work, here's the thing. And this is exact. this was, this is the thing that drives me nuts about fangs. The work he was doing was practically non-existent. He said he sat for the first several months doing almost nothing. And most of what, uh, he, most of what he did wasn't actually hands on keyboards. It was in meetings because they they are not agile at all. There's so much bureaucracy mm-hmm. and red tape, and so there's all this checking mm-hmm. and rechecking and you know meetings for meetings. Oh yeah. Um, he talked to me about somebody on his team who was working on a you know a minor UI component, think like a drop down or a checkbox, and they wanted to change some of the logic some of the time. And uh, that's this was a college grad, you know, under you know under his team. Well, if you want to change they, the mechanics of a of a drop down, sometimes in some cases, well, you got to have we got to have an off site for this. You got to call in the consultants. We got to come up with a project plan. Six months, um, yeah, six yeah. months working on this. Yeah, it, I believe it. it. Yeah, raise your hand if you're shocked, right? Yeah, and and <laughs> I'm I'm not. And and see, to to anyone who's looking for these kinds of gigs, he he got he had this his nice paycheck, and that kept him there. But he he freely admitted to me that, you know, I'm actually, I, I kind of, you know, when, when word got out that this was, this might be coming down, I secretly kind of hoped that it, I would be in it yeah. because it would force him. The and money was too and, good yeah. and it would force him to actually is, do something different. So, and, and this is for, for the folks that have gotten a new job in the last say 12, 18 months while the market's been overheated. This has been my fear the whole time. We talked mm-hmm. about this like a month yeah. or two ago. As yeah. a manager, you can't say this to somebody on their way out. Cause you sound like you're fear mongering to try to scare somebody yeah, into wanna, not leaving right. you. But my fear was great. Go out, get get some, right? Get the higher pay. That's 
awesome. But when yep. you do that, recognize that this recession has we have not hit peak recession nope. here, right? We have not hit peak downturn. I don't think, and I don't I don't want to be that guy, but we're not anywhere near the bottom in my estimation. No, uh, in terms of real impact to actual human people, uh, when that happens. You're going to be the lowest guy on the totem pole with one of the highest adjusted salaries. Your name is going to be at the top of the list for the layoffs when they start. And that mm -hmm. sucks. Like, I don't I don't like that that's the case, but it it kind of sounds like that's at least an anecdotal validation that in that case. 100 percent. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe that's what actually happened. Yeah. And so uh, I'm so glad you brought this up because I was going to I wanted to talk about this, uh, you know, with the layoffs uh, for the same reason you did. Um, but his story in particular, just a, you know, slight, slight sidebar here, just a little one. Um, his description of what he did and what his team did and, you know, the, the bureaucracy and the not moving and just the sheer size of it. He talked about how an engineer can basically just get lost in the, in the mix there and just sit there and collect a paycheck and do almost nothing. And I said, and my immediate reaction was yes, exactly. And this is exactly yeah. why when you apply to a job at my organization, don't even think about touting your fang experience to me. Like if it's your job, that's fine. That's good. But if you're going to rest your laurels on the fact that you worked at Facebook or you worked at Amazon, you damn well better be able to show me hands-on concrete what you did, not what your team was responsible for, not the awesome toot around you. I'm talking about your stuff because so many of these jobs are bull crap. And they they are they, they are once on the, the companies get to a certain size. I would say there's a big there is a big honking difference between yeah I worked at Facebook between 2019 and 2022, and saying I worked that's at Facebook fair. between 2004 and 2007. That's a fair. That, that's a good way of yeah. that's a good distinguishing. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a good way to distinguish it. But in either case, it doesn't matter when you have to. When I get those kinds of applications, and I I, I may be the 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 weirdo in this, but I'm, I'm trying to start a movement on this. When I see applications come in from big Silicon Valley type orgs, my, I actually look harder at those resumes than I do elsewhere because it's easy for you to claim a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't in fact actually do. And so I actually want to see Show me some code examples. Let's actually walk through some coding exercises. And, you know, I, I really need you to demonstrate bona fides because it, it is counterintuitively, you know, I am, I am less impressed when you work for these large companies. And a lot of these kids coming out of college, that's where they want to go. They want to do the big, the big name, the big sexy times. And, and I get the, mm -hmm. mentally, I get it. Like, I understand why you think that way, but don't go there. Gosh, they're awful. You don't learn as much. You don't get to do as much. They're just crap jobs. You are far better off going with some no name in the middle of nowhere because you'll get to do all the things and you get to learn. Well, what are you, what are you optimizing for, right? Because no name in the middle of nowhere. You ain't getting RSUs, buddy, right? <laughs> you don't have that sweet vesting. And I'm serious. What are you optimizing for? Some people, they want to they wanna be associated with something that they think is cool. They, they want the name brand association. They want to feel like they're a part of that. Uh, they are adjacent to, they don't realize that in a lot of cases you don't actually get to participate, but they are at least adjacent to some legitimately interesting computer science and technological advancement mm -hmm. and that sweet vesting schedule. Well, right? so, so that together, like, uh, you know, not all developers want to actually be 
doing lots of interesting, quote, what you and I would agree would be interesting development work on a day-to-day basis. Just like not all mechanics actually want to be turning a wrench. Like that's not a that's not a tech unique thing. You okay, know what I mean? so I'll, all um, right, so that's a fair. I, I would say though, you you do have you do have a an, an explicit sort of anti fang bias, and I think you're. Um, oh, I do. I'll freely admit it. I 100. percent Yeah, do. yeah, yeah. I I'm do. I'm not there. I I am triggered by people just word like like uh, name dropping. And assuming that that carries weight, that triggers me because that, that's like an attitude thing. Yeah, that's the that's um, at the top of the pile here. I think. Yeah, one of my big pet peeves, and I go through, I go through a lot of resumes, my guy, and I know you do too. One of my pet peeves on resumes, and any I don't know who needs to hear this, <laughs> but when you look at your resume, what are the biggest things on the page? First, should be your friggin' name. Yeah, it does not need to take me any mental cycles whatsoever. To find your name, mm-hmm. wherever, whatever size it is, bump it up two more font sizes. It, your name should be obvious and your phone number and email address, right? Those three things should be huge and somewhere near the top and very, very obvious. I will then add, I will add, hold on before you continue. I agree with that. I would also add your location just because we're in this remote first world. I don't need your address. See, I, like, say, don't give me, I don't say, give me your de- home address. I say, I say deprioritize that even more because we're remote. It matters less than time it ever zone. did. I'm thinking about time zone just for practical. Okay. That's, okay. That's but, but we can, we can probably agree that a company that cares about time zone and says they are remote is probably doing it wrong anyway. Uh, uh, oh gosh. Uh, could, could we, no, we could, all right, let's, let's table that. You've got no, no, no. We're going to table. We're going to, we're going to set that aside yeah, yeah, for yeah. another day, for yeah, another yeah. day. Um, Okay, but the point I really wanted to make was when I look at your resume, when I scan your resume, is your role emphasized or is the company name emphasized? Mm, I, you mm-hmm. see this all yes, the dang yes, time. Yes. What is the most Excellent. obvious thing as you scroll down the resume? ABC Corp, XYZ Inc. And then real little under that is system administrator, software developer, assist, patient tech assist, right? That, that is wrong. Flip it. Correct. You do not need your brand, your, your alumni brands at, with greater emphasis than what the hell you did there. I yes. want to see. And if you look at my resume, my resume is, you know, developer, developer. Uh, now I sound like Steve Ballmer, right? Developers, developers, developers. Developers, 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 developers. Um, and that's a dated reference. If ever we've made one on the show. So, so. What I want to see is developer, developer, manager, director, director, manager, director, VP. Like I want to see your role and your career arc. And I'm not saying it should go up and to the right. I'm not saying that you should always be having a better. So that's not the point. The point is don't emphasize the company name. That's the least thing I kind of I don't give a rip where you worked. And so then that's what it ties in back, Frank, to your, your thing. Yeah, that's where like, I come in, yeah. I, I don't care where it was. I care what you did for them and what your attitude was Correct. and what you produced, right? I care what your output was. Um, and so I think you're, you're, you're triggered when we go the step farther, right? So, so in, it, the, the, what, what bothers me is when I see the company name big and bold, but I have to look to figure out what you did there. If you take the next logical step, which is just, oh, yeah, I worked at Facebook, with like nothing else, and, yeah, that's that. And, like that's going to be a problem. Exactly. Okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and see, the thing is, the the thing is, I, I'm I'm speaking to a to a certain subsection of the audience here because you 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 pointed out it's possible to do really cool, interesting stuff at the big companies because you know they're they're big companies doing big, interesting things. 
Correct. That's true. The people who would put that kind of information on the resume likely aren't going to make these kinds of mistakes. I'm talking to the subset who may not be doing latest and greatest bleeding edge super awesomeness, but might be doing something of value, something interesting that shows you know, your your chops and uh, potential as an engineer. But the message gets lost yeah. in you trying to name drop. Uh, I'll add on top of that, you mentioned how you know title first and and accomplishments. Mm-hmm. When you're describing your job responsibilities, you, well, first of all, you don't talk about responsibilities. You talk about things you've actually done, and you know emphasis on you. If if I see one of the things, one of my red, one of my red lines for people coming from Fangs is when they start talking about what their team does or what their department's responsible for. I don't care what your I care team what you did. I want did. you. So you need yeah. to talk about you. So it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to say, okay, the team was responsible for this, and my part of it was X, Y, Z, and going into some, going into deeper detail about that. That's okay. But I need that specificity around your responsibility. If I'm missing that, and I see your your, you know, I see the company name, and I see what the department was responsible for. That's like red alert. That is. Okay, you're going to get some tough questions from me, pal, about that. Here's and here's another thing I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this because I've been going through a lot of resumes recently. I got a bunch of spots open and one of the things uh that I've seen, you know, in the last 6 months there was an instance where um and I and I'm not, you know, I, I don't mean to throw shade on anybody, but this is like a teachable moment no, here no, for the for the class. Yeah, 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 um, do it, do it. Uh, there was a case where I got a resume for a gentleman um and he's uh been in industry for say 20 years. He's been in technology, right? And so he graduates school, uh, and maybe I got that wrong. Maybe it was ten thirty. I, I don't care. He's, he's been matter. in there. He's, he's been doing matter. it long enough. Okay, long enough. Long enough. Uh, long enough where he's got you know six, eight prior jobs. Okay. Okay. And out of school, I think it was he may have. Uh, I, f- I forgot what it was, but 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 out of school, CEO. Hmm. And then, okay. and then for a few years, last line of the thing was, you know, exit or transition or something. And then next line, CEO. And the next one, CEO. Guy's clearly a serial entrepreneur. Bingo. Like you got my attention. Cause, right. cause you like bingo, right? I like this CEO, 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 CEO. Okay. Stands out on the page. That's great. Um, the problem I have with, and the guy, and so. And so the guy's just been doing, he's a serial entrepreneur. I love that. And and you're saying that, look, you're saying that you've done that enough. And, and this is for a manager position. You're saying you've done that enough. You want to take a step down. You want to do a different kind of work and be closer to the technology with less responsibility. Like I get that on a daily basis. I'm thinking to myself, gee, golly, should I just go and be an individual contributor again? Do I actually like my job? Um, So I'm like, yeah. And, and, and I'm talking with this recruiter. And the recruiter saying, oh, but don't, you know, but he understands that this is a different. And I'm like, I I got it. Like you, you don't have that kind of a track record and then decide to be an engineering manager at a midsize company out of nowhere. Like, you know what you're doing when you make that transition, you know what you're getting into. Like, I don't have any concerns about like misgivings about what the thing is. Right. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm okay with that. Um, It's going to come up in the interview, but like, I don't have, that's not a red flag for me on the resume. The problem is, and here it is. If like tomorrow I get fired, I have a decision to make, right? So do I want to continue uh, on the path of being a technical leader in a different organization? Or do I want to go back and be a contributor? 
right? So that would be a pet, like people management or, or technology management mm-hmm. would be, would be kind of right in, in Classic my, just saying in the me. road. Classic fork yeah, in the road. Yeah. Do I want to still lead people or do I just want to put my head down that? Honestly, if I got fired tomorrow, that would be a conversation I'd have to have with myself. Like I'm just being straight up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I love my job. I love my boss. I love my team. And I don't know if I want to do it. Like if I, if, if uh, sunk cost went away, I don't know if I would choose the same thing again. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm doing my best. I'm sucking a little less every day. If I were going to test both waters, I would need to revise my resume. Right. I would have two different resumes. I would not have yeah. my resume right now. Uh, I refreshed it a couple of years ago. Uh, my resume right now is aimed at another technical leadership position, right? Uh, director, VP, CTO type of a position. That's 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 what my resume builds up to. That's what, what you it would says. get. That's what it's communicating. If, right? Yeah. Right. Exactly. If I were going to do a career shift tomorrow, I said, you know what? To hell with this. The people are too complicated. I just want to put my head down and code. And again, I, I don't know if I've said it enough times. You got the memo here, but that's tempting. Um, I would have to re- recreate my resume from scratch. And if I wasn't sure and I wanted to put my toe in both sets of waters, I would have to create a new one and use them both because my resume right now, I would not hire me for a contributor role. I wouldn't put me to an interview. Right. Because my resume is not crafted for that job. Now, I what I what I don't what I don't like, what I hate, I think we're going to agree on this. What I hate is this, even the concept, even the idea that you should like have a resume with a cover letter that are crafted to the specific company. I, ain't nobody uh, got time for that. That is yeah. that is not a that is not a worthwhile endeavor to me. You get my resume because I need this kind of job and that's what you're gonna get. And re- cover letters are dead as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, cover but, letters are definitely going the way of the dodo. I do a paragraph and it's very short. It's a couple sentences, tops. That's it. If if it's a required field in the HRIS, I don't offer this up, right? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> um uh, but, uh, if you look at, um, if, if I were going to look at like another VP job versus a contributor role, I would not submit the same resume to both of those things. And so I actually, ultimately I passed on this guy I said, no, I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in talking to him. Why? He I, clearly he's got some skills. Clearly he's got a certain set of attitudes and motivations and skills that I would find valuable. And he doesn't recognize that this is not the resume that shows me why you're qualified for the job. I actually, I'm pretty confident the guy's qualified for the job. He's probably overqualified. Well, that I, I, I struggle with overqualified. Like, like, is that a thing? I don't know. I'm not sure there because like I'm overqualified to be a developer. Right. But yeah, Yeah. I could go do it and I'd be successful just like I was in a past life. Right. So I don't, I don't know. Overqualification is the thing. Um, He is more than qualified for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, but the fact that he doesn't recognize that, like, you are not applying to a CEO of a small company position, this is a different kind of resume. There was no indication on the resume that there was any technical acumen of, of, of tactical note whatsoever. Yeah, there were some technology Mm -hmm. names sprinkled in, but I didn't see where he contributed in this language on that platform with this framework with, you know, the stuff that you would need to see for a developer to get, or or a manager to get comfortable with the idea. None of that was there. And so if you're, if you have been a serial entrepreneur for half a dozen times over the last two decades, and now you want to take on a CEO position at a small company, uh, that's a great resume to present. 
or if you're going to get funding for your seventh company, and I'm using six out of pulled out of my hat, right. uh, if you're seeking funding for your seventh company, you've never met this VC before you give them your resume. That's a great resume to provide for absolutely. But as an engineering manager at an enterprise, it, the, the resume is completely disconnected from what I need to see. But I will give this, I will give this individual credit bolded was his role and then light was his company yeah. so and that's the, the right way to yeah. do it yeah but it's so uh it's easy to adjust for this though you you talk about having to build construct two completely different resumes and you're right but i think that might overemphasize the work required in in building it because you can use the same format you can use probably 80 percent of the same content you change some things so this guy for example he was listing ceo if he wanted to be an injury, a simple thing, would he could change it from CEO to founder because founder actually speaks to mm-hmm. boots on the ground. Like I'm working in the trenches yeah. trying to get this thing off the ground. Yeah. And then you probably adjust the bullets themselves too. more call outs to specific technologies, specific logic that you wrote, um, yeah. et cetera. But most of it would translate because, oh, you've managed all these things. Obviously, I can trust you to manage this small yeah. team to do this project or whatever. Well, so for example, on my resume, there's a there's a line. I had a position. I'm, I'm looking at it right now just to check myself here. Uh, there's a line, uh, negotiated client contracts for software development and related services. Okay, great. If I want to be in some kind of technical management, that's a useful skill. That should stay there. But if I'm going to create a, a B res, if this is A and I want to create a B, that line goes away. I don't, as a hiring manager, I don't give a rip that a, a developer negotiated right. contracts, right? Exactly. That, that's yeah. not useful skill for me. What I would put in there instead is created three open source libraries for this need and blah, blah, blah. And right? here and they so, are. Here's the links. And, and yeah, when, when that was a good, yeah, exactly. And and that was a good clarification you made. It's not a ground up rewrite from square one. They're probably, uh, keep the structure, make it easy on yourself. You don't have to like go through pain for the sake of it. Um, not like putting down a Kratos uh, controller and coming to talk to me oh for an hour. God, I'm just, oh uh, it's just God. itchy to get back. Um, uh, you, you guys, you're going to hear this every five minutes. You're going to hear the <laughs> ex- the outro start to roll. He's going to push me out. Um, but there does need to be a, a B version where you're swapping out the stuff that's just clearly not relevant from more stuff that is. Um, and that's that's what I mean by a by a second. I would I would have to create a second one. It would be copy yeah. paste and then it would be change copy paste stuff. and change a few things. It's, yeah, yeah. It's a it's some work and it, it's not yeah, no yeah. work. It's some work. It's not a lot of work. Um, mm-hmm. Real time feedback for you on that bullet that you that you mentioned about your about your resume um one thing that uh i have learned to do uh i took some classes on uh, executive interviewing a few years ago one of the uh i learned a whole bunch from that one of the things that's real easy for anyone to pick up and do is um when you're writing up a bullet that describes what you did if you can include numbers doesn't matter. Like actual what, facts and it, figures. What, yeah. It, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't even matter to a certain extent. It doesn't matter what the number is. Just include a number. So you mentioned uh, those see, contracts. Yes. Give me yes. the budget value. Put contracts worth up to $3 million. It gives a sense of scope, but it also, it, it adds, it adds um, realness, concreteness, trustworthiness, yeah. verification. But you can go to it. One. 
100% correct. And you can go too far with that. You can. I have seen resumes where it's very clear that somebody took that advice to heart and had to cram at least two numbers into every bullet point. And you yeah, just- Yeah, one number. Uh, you're just blowing smoke. Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One not even, not even. There yeah. are some bullets that don't need any numbers, right? Because yeah. as a manager, you understand that not, I, I, I'm sorry, in this data-driven, self-quantified new future of 2022, not everything has a number. Y'all. True, like, true. like. <laughs> There, you know, there are soft um, skills that you got to call out as well, but exactly. You, so, but yeah, anything that anything that anything that does have a, a reasonably valid, quantifiable metric, get it in there for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. it in there for sure. Yeah, yeah agreed. So, yeah, I, I the, the huge. I told you so. I I agree with this. Um, with these yeah. with these layoffs, and you're right. We haven't seen the. Um, I don't think we've seen the bottom of it, and uh, it this my 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 uh, social contact uh, in my, in my circle fits that bill precisely, yeah. you know, inside, yeah. inside of a month or uh, inside of the last year or so. And, um, you know, last in first out. Uh, one of, one of my good friends uh, started at a, a public tech sector company within the last year and got in like at work, worked for me for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gave, you know, got an offer, gave notice, and then before the start, before the end date with my organization, actually, that company announced, hey, we're going into a hiring freeze. And, and I was his, like, was his job? I gone? was like, I was like, uh, I called him as soon as I saw the press release. I called him. I was like, my guy, are we good? Like, do we need to take these backsies? Because I'll, I'll take you back. I'll keep you. Um, but I was like, are you good? And he's like, I, I don't know yet. And and eventually he did. He did. Got it. He's in. It's fine. Um but then like I worry I worry about folks like like I was saying in the last year or two that have gotten these like crazy offers good on you um yeah. but like that's that yeah. could be rough but good on you good on you for actually being proactive in front of that because think imagine imagine how he feels he's put in his notice he's got this new job and then he hears about this hiring freeze and now he's in this oh crap moment and we all sort of dread the notion of having to come back to your current mm. soon to be former employer hat in hand. Uh, could you please not let me go? I, I'd like to keep my, yeah. I'd, I'd like to keep a, cha- a paycheck, please. So good on you for actually, you know, saving him from that angst and just letting him know that the door was open. I don't know if everyone would do that. So yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. But I'm glad to hear he, he was able to, to jump ship. Um, but yeah, yeah, we haven't seen yeah. the, we haven't seen the end of this. I like the yeah. um, I don't know where you track. There's a site that I've um, somebody in my circle introduced me to layoffs.fyi. Have you seen that one? Oh no, yeah, I like that. The, I, I you like the name? You like the cut of that jib in that in that URL? It's, I it's bet, got right? me already. Yeah. It's got me already. This is it's theirs to ruin, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's theirs to ruin. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm not sure it. It came out of um, it started. Meta was a thirteen percent reduction, and that was uh, today. Yeah, yeah, it started. They the site popped up during COVID. I'm not sure if it has gotten more or less accurate with time. Um, When it first started, it was. I mean, there were only it was it was tracking a handful of things, and it was it was hyper hyper focused. Um, uh, now I think it's mostly based on, um, news reports, whereas before it was mm. actually like individual like insiders. Reporting. Yeah. You were having, Oh yeah. Yeah. Reporting. Yeah. So I don't know if they're doing as much of that now, but that's not, that's hard to maintain and sustain though. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah. fault them for that. 
But anyway, well, in the press release, I mean, watch. This is an interesting yeah. to watch. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. I will, uh, I will actually be keeping a look on that. And it looks like kind of the trend over the last week is like ten to fifteen percent for these big names: mm-hmm. Stripe, Lyft. Tw- uh, Twitter's higher, obviously. Uh, they've been in the news. Pl- uh, Brain. What do we got? Code forty. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, uh, one of the other things I'll use, and and actually I didn't know about layoffs at FYI. This is an awesome resource. We will link it in the show notes. Uh, what we'll also link in the show notes is a. Um, and a newsletter that I came across recently called TLDR. There are a couple of different offshoots of it. There's one for managers, one for AI, one for, you know, whatever basket weaving underwater. Uh, but there's the, but TLDR is a neat newsletter because it's like a quick hit sipping your coffee headline skim email. Um, and I typically don't like those, uh, but this is actually pretty well done. It's, and it's, it's curated. Um, and that was where I saw the the info about Meta. I think it was like two days ago they announced that it would be, or there was either a rumor or announcement that they would do it. Um, I didn't realize that that happened this morning already. One of the articles that I came across there, and I'll link this also in the show notes, was an article by uh, DHH, and I know he's your, uh, I know he's your good buddy, your 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 good friend, your bosom friend, uh, DHH, um, <laughs> David Heinrich who has. Hansen. Who's made a little splash. And then like a day or two later, uh, an interview with him um, and uh, uh, the Ship It podcast came through. So there was a little more color that I got Mm. from. I'll link that episode too. Uh, But anyway, Hay has announced this an email service, um, a paid email service. And I think that's a good thing. Um, And if you listen to the the Ship It episode, uh, you'll you'll understand. I I agree with his his thinking and all of that. Announced that they're leaving the cloud. They made a big splash. Oh, how are you leaving the cloud? Really? This is nobody's doing this. Yeah. Um, and his his logic is sound and it's nothing surprising, I think, to anybody that's actually been paying attention. But um, his contention, I think there's some degrees of nuance in here, but basically he boils it down like this. The cloud is great. He calls out two specific circumstances. So first off, when you're a tiny, tiny startup, uh, it's cheaper and easier to just go to the cloud. It's cheaper to go to the cloud, right? Right. You don't have to deal with a co-location center, your own data center. You're just starting up. You have no users. Like, go to the cloud. Poof, it's an easy button. Go. Poof. Yeah. There's a, exactly right. Exactly right. It doesn't make it easier, but it makes it a lot cheaper and sometimes faster. Um, and the second case is when you have highly irregular and or unpredictable spikes in load. So mm-hmm. let's say, oh, I don't know. Let's say you are in a government-sponsored healthcare industry and you have a big data analytics business that has a ton of uh, files come in the first week of every month and then the systems sit idle for three weeks afterwards or anything else. Like if you're an e-com, you have that Black Friday spike that you have mm-hmm. to account for those bursty and unpredictable workloads are also especially economic in the cloud. Um, But he makes the point for like everybody else, it doesn't really reduce your headcount and skill set required. You still have ops Mm -hmm. teams. You still have admins. Mm -hmm. You still have to keep, you you do all the same things. You still have downtime. You still have security concerns. I mean, all of this stuff is still there, um, but you're paying more for it uh, than than just racking just racking some hosts in a, in a co-lo cage. Um, 
He just makes like he lays it out really well, much more well articulated than I could because I could have I could have made the same argument last week. It would not have been as well articulated. He did a great job at just saying the words. It's one of the um, reasons why he's so successful is the yeah, way that he actually yeah. is able to communicate. He's a good communicator. He is yeah. a good communicator um, in most cases. And so, yeah, I thought that was I'll, I'll link the article um, and that the TLDR will link the thing. We'll link we'll link. There's going to be links coming out. You're going to have so many links. You're going to be linked well, there's until another, your, your links. So this is. This very serendipitous because I wanted to talk about the 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 Facebook layoffs today, and I saw an article from DHH, not the one you're talking about. I saw another one from him talking about the activity going on at Twitter, and mm-hmm. he talked about um uh you know what uh, he used it as an opportunity to sort of you know lay out here's how we do things at Hey because every one of his articles he always does some some self-promotion and, you know, good on him. I think he, you know, we should, we should all do that. But, uh, in the article, he, he talks about the cadence and work style at his company versus the style at Twitter and how, what, uh, what Elon Musk is doing right now over there is, uh, if effectively, you know, taking a patient that's in cardiac arrest and just, you know, juicing it. Um, because, um, they have been, you know, Twitter, it very, it's a fang, same kind of idea. Lots of people, lots of places to hide, not a lot of crap getting done. And that is not what Elon does. And now that, you know, it's privately owned, there is a, you know, there is a mandate that that company get, um, get lean and mean. And so he has been doing things to really cut the fat and really get things, uh, get things going. And he is a he is your classic like ready fire aim kind of guy. Very much. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah, sure. He's a little cerebral. He was an engineer. I get that. I'm not in the like. Oh, Elon's the real world Tony Stark. You know, fan club. Uh, I think there's a lot to dislike about the guy. But as a as a business owner, yeah. ready fire aim. Like, there's value in that. In, in moderation, he offered um, my, to the point we, we talked about like, uh, hey, my, uh, my guy that was leaving for another company. And I was like, do you need to take see back seat? Like, mm-hmm. apparently I heard a report uh, this morning or last night that Twitter was doing this. They were like too Maybe. aggressive. Maybe. And there were yeah. some and I at the time unsubstantiated reports that they were asking. They were going back to na- now former employees and saying, hey, would you come back? We were too aggressive. Maybe. I, I think so. My, the reason I brought this up was was twofold. One, you mentioned DHH, and he uh, he offered um, he offered some perspective from his own experience that gave some rationale and a little bit of perspective to what Elon is doing, and made him seem less crazy, which I think is important because right now, you know, Elon's on the receiving end of uh, you know big media and you know general. Um, left-leaning antagonist because of you know why he bought Twitter and what he's trying to accomplish and things like that. That's put him in the you know on the outs with with uh, you know larger players in in the media. And so everything that's coming out of my point is everything that you're hearing out of Twitter right now is going to be doomsday stuff. Like the the company's folding, they're losing everybody, and you know oh they fired too many and now they're begging people to come back. And there's probably some of that that's going to happen, but like. DHH, if you're following the Twitter saga, if that's a drama that you are interested in, the article I read from DHH, I think, was nice, rational, well-reasoned explanation for why he's doing what he's doing and why that might make sense, why that is a good thing 
in this particular case. So if you're interested in actually understanding, you know, the nuances of, of running a tech company, notably a big tech company in Silicon Valley, that's just a good thing to, to pick up. And I would generally advise people to avoid the sensationalistic news that's being rounded, you know, bandied about with, with Twitter. Um, I don't think they're losing people in droves. I don't think that, you know, they're going to, you know, the platform's going to melt overnight or anything like that. I don't think you're going to see this mass exodus of blue check marks because he charges a monthly sub for it. You know, like there's, there, there, there's a rational middle ground. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't really care the way I don't, that, that whole thing. I, I just don't care. Uh, it's not interesting to me. I, it's, it's been clear to me for a minute now that, and this, and this actually kind of does overlap with the, the, uh, uh Goes back to the, the announcement from Hay yeah. about getting back uh, away from the cloud. Um, part of that is sort of the, there's, there's some, there is some sort of good old fashioned Silicon Valley bootstrapped, uh, screw the man to self-hosting yeah. and what that means yeah. and how the internet was actually designed was to be decentralized. And DHH lays makes the point that like, yeah, it was designed to be decentralized. And if Amazon's US East one goes down, like 40% of the internet drops off. Right. That's a problem. It's a big problem. Like, that is a, it is a structural, it is an economic, uh, it is a, mo- a financial, it becomes a political, it, it is a problem yeah. and it is antithetical to and uh, the, the, like what ARPANET was designed for, like the, the principle, the, the founding principle yeah. mm-hmm. of the, of it was decentralization. That was the entire point and we've managed to, you know, recentralize and that's fine. Um, but it's been obvious to me now, for, and that's why I like I'm huge into self-hosting, and I I go back and forth in extremes of that over <laughs> over my my history. Um, I never, I, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is that over all of that time, it's been clear for a minute that decentralization is the answer to all of this. So so do I give a rip about Twitter? No. Do I understand the people? who feel like they are entitled to yell about anything they want in the public square. I don't care. Do I think that Twitter holds special status and should be upheld as the global public square for discourse? No, it's it's, it's a for-profit company. I don't know why we're getting so twisted over this. Mm. It dies tomorrow. Something else pops up to take its place. I don't see the big deal. And by the way, it's a centralized model. We have the Fediverse, people. We've got we've got decentralized decentralized protocols. We've got peer to peer technology. Uh, we've now got blockchain technology, and and that that means a couple of different specific things for how technology can go. We really have everything we need at this point to not have to care about what one company does anymore. And I know that the the forces of history and money uh, and the the network effect that money has will always trend towards centralized control. Like I get that. And it doesn't actually matter because we can solve for the things if those go pear-shaped in a meaningful way. All right, so a little bit of a disagreement. Uh, I think that all those things that you said, those are tools that are in our toolbox. That is all true. But there is a difference between the mere existence of the tool and the ability for that tool to be widely utilized. And so let's take this Twitter example. It is is centralized, but it's also 
readily accessible to pretty much anyone with an internet connection. You go to the site, you sign in, and you can immediately start putting your message out there. And because it has a large audience already in existence, the there is the potential for getting your message to a, a wide swath of people. Um, those other tools, and I, I, to be clear, I'm a big fan of decentralization too. What I think is what we're actually seeing is we're just seeing the pendulum swing more. Like, you know, we had this heavy swing towards centralization. Mm-hmm. We are now seeing a swing back towards decentralization. I think that is good. And I think that should continue. And we'll probably, hopefully at some point settle in, in some, uh, some of it. Some of it has already gone too far. It, right. Yeah. Like for a whole lot of good reasons. Right. Exactly. So, um, so I think that that is all well and good, but the tooling itself, like you talk about, you know, blockchain and payments and things like that. It, as a guy who got m- most of my web start was in e-commerce. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for, you know, you take random e-com website, you know, people who are selling stuff, right? The notion of them getting up and running with cryptocurrency, you know, accept it, you know, receiving payment in those and and working in those currencies, that is not an insignificant ask for, you know, your average small shop style e-com Provider. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. And it's not that I disagree. It's that you've not gone nearly far enough because you're absolutely right. Okay. It is in 2022. Impo- I'm just going to call it practical impossibility for an actual real world small business to say, oh, we're just going to convert to some cryptocurrency system for all of our exchange with customers. That's that's virtually impossible. So right you're now. Vehem- it's, so you're it's not even just agree. far-fetched. I am. Yeah, I am. You're but that's but, okay. But that's not actually the point. Let's okay. stay because because that centralized payments for uh, a B2C business is is orthogonal to the point that we're you know, if you want to concentrate on Twitter for a minute, Mastodon done. Mm-hmm. It is accessible. It has native apps for the platforms. It's readily available. It's scalable. It's decentralized. You, I, there is. No, it is a literal drop-in replacement in every meaningful way. You can sign up. You can log in. You can. And by the way, I think everybody should be to the extent that we have these platforms. And you want to call it the public square or not? I think that's a little high and mighty, but. To the extent that we have the platforms, go speak your mind. Like, I don't have a problem with somebody laying it out there the way they think it is. That's awesome. I think we need more of that in an honest way. Uh, but for Twitter, if Twitter blows up tomorrow, let's say let's say Elno goes and just nukes the whole damn thing and he drives it out of business. The advertisers already say, nope, we're not coming back. The thing implodes. It's not there tomorrow. And we go to Mastodon. Right. <laughs> and we've we've now got a system that is based on an open source model and a decentralized fr- decentralization does not mean blockchain although that is wrapped up in a lot of the decisions in the last 10 years because the last piece that we couldn't figure out in the technology was the whole exchange of value thing so that's why that has become a thing because it's the mm-hmm. last thing that ha- is centralized in the real world that we actually can't couldn't solve for before in the technology in this the the cyberspace we need like a we need like a sounder for that um <laughs> But I think you just, okay, Twitter blows up tomorrow, Mastodon. Facebook blows up tomorrow. Uh, oh, gosh, the, the name just dropped right out of my, out of my head. Uh, there is a, ah, I forgot what it's called. Um, we'll link these, all these things in the There's show. There's a decentralized Facebook of some kind is what There's you're saying. There's a, a, a diaspora is what it's called. So, so oh, Twitter blows up. Oh, is that project still going? That thing's still around? 
Wow. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, dude. Um, and a lot of these, and a lot of these have actually, they've, they're, they're over time. There have been abstraction or extracted from them, the essential, uh, the essential technologies and protocols to where mm-hmm. Mastodon is not just its own ecosystem that talks to other Mastodons, but it is part of the broader Fediverse, meaning that anything that interoperates with the underlying protocols, like the pub subs and so forth, can exchange data in a decentralized way. So Twitter blows up, we have an answer. Facebook blows up, we have an answer. YouTube blows up, we have an answer. I mean, all of the things that we care about, we have immediate answers on deck that have been in production for most of a decade. Like, they're drop-in replacements. And so, yeah, there's a network effect with Twitter. So if Twitter did blow up tomorrow, there's a lot of people that are going to be displaced. Um but there's somewhere to go. So like, I'm not, I, I, I struggle to really like hand Hey, phrasing. You have said Fediverse. I think I'm saying Fediverse. Right. Fed, so federated services, Fediverse, F-E-D-I-V-E-R-S-E. Ah, okay. All right. That's a new uh, one yeah, on the, me. There's, there's always okay, yeah, new acronyms. Yeah. Always new yeah. acronyms. Um, and so now, now the, now the, so we've had that sort of technology for a minute. Now, even uh, go back to 2008, what we lamented uh, Google Wave and how amazing <laughs> their demo was where they had people real time translating between French and English, you know, oh in the stream. But, oh, so and it was cool. the whole, and it was a federated protocol it oh was, my god was that really was awesome it right was awesome. uh way before its time and it was also like a stupid product that i don't know how people would actually see themselves using so was, okay yeah but, and and they continue to and they continue to foobar it with like the circles yeah. remember google plus basically became sort of a very like oh my gosh they never got that right yeah yeah um but it was it was huge in Brazil, and that's why they bought it. But anyway, the, but no, I'm serious. The the Google Plus it was something else. They bought it, and it was like huge. It was the social network in Brazil. Google bought it. Uh, they just couldn't get penetration against Facebook in the U.S. market, and so you know. I see. Anyway, um, because uh, because all of Google's social uh, endeavors have been great. They by the way, since we talked about that, they they just uh they just they just uh deadpooled one of their other. I forgot what it is. They have so many over there. There's one of their other chat systems they deadpooled for some for some oh, reason. Another another um, um, another. They uh, collapsed one into another. It's like they they had a chance at iMessage competition at least on non device and and they anyway we're getting way oh, so something else here. got added to the Google graveyard is is, is what you're saying yeah else yeah we'll, yeah we'll have to find out what it is. Um, so anyway, all these all these centralized uh, social platforms, they have equivalents that are already in production. Like there's no, oh, the average person can't. No, it's a website. You go to an address, you sign up, you have an account, you can start barking at people. That's okay. like right there. Um, and so, yeah, for that reason, I have like Twitter, how much money? I, I haven't looked at their filings. I don't know how much money they actually make. They don't, as far as I know. They're they're right. They're, they're way over their they're way over their skis, both in terms of valuation and revenue. Uh, for so for yeah, and like I don't know. So I get, and I understand that there's like politics because you got different things, and you know, that's fine. I'm, I don't find that super interesting. When again, uh, it's a service that. It's it's a service that we have drop in replacements for that don't rely on a single point of failure to work. Yeah, you know that they, they don't require they don't they don't require that a public for profit entity exists to support them. Right. Um. So okay, which just so, solves a whole bunch of problems. All right. So that's that's good. That's good countervailing uh, opinion. So I, I will. I'll, I'll end and with- you should. And if you want to, if uh, sorry to cut you off there, but but if you would like to host your own Fediverse compatible apps as replacements for all of these. 
maybe the cloud's not the best. See how I tied that back in? I see what you did I, I, went, yeah. I went full circle. You like, you see what I did there? I tied it yeah. back into the thing I talked about before. Mm. Oh my goodness. That's just... Uh, that's Completing just... the narrative arc. You see what oh, I did there? Oh, I see. That's... And me explaining it like this doesn't detract from that at all. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. So I will I will end my my uh, boxing bell ring by by stating the pendulum swung towards centralization because of ease of use, accessibility and just I'm going to go where everyone else is. Well, why is everyone else there? It doesn't matter. We're all just going to and, and we have had this natural coalescing. Part of the reason that that happened was because the notion of federation grading concept harder to execute what you're the case you're making. Well. We're seeing a decentralization now for numerous reasons, uh, socioeconomic, political. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's pushing things back out of centralized platforms like AWS, like Twitter, and things like that. And now, this time, we have the, the tools to deliver that on the promise of intercommunication, interconnectivity, and have that in conjunction with decentralization which was not always the case. It was not always super easy to, well, the, to the, do. Yeah, the reason, we centralized, the reason we centralized all this was the network effect of money and the fact that the web is powered on advertising. That's really the, like, that's the answer. So now I think, so now we've had the technology for a minute. Now that cryptocurrency and blockchain technology gives us a path toward value exchange in a decentralized way. By the way, go to newpodcastapps.com. You can start streaming sats. Um, now that we have that answer for the last piece that was tied to sort of the the legacy way of thinking about digital versus physical life, now I think you're going to see that stuff really ramp up, and a lot of it's going to be garbage. There's <laughs> because be a, it's open source. It's open source. A, it's open it's source. A bunch a bunch of it really doesn't work that well, um, and there's all sorts of infighting in the nerds, and I, you just, it's I, I, I don't think I, I, I need to really explain that too much. Yeah. Um, but then you're going to have things that are decentralized for the sake of it that, that didn't actually need to be. Like, there's no value right. proposition in decentralizing it. So you're like, yeah. okay, well, I'm just going to go use the other thing because it works. But I'm you also, I, 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 I want to be careful here because I don't want to go, you know, you know, full, uh, full commie on this either because you, you do need the money to deliver a higher, like, in order for things to advance, like, you know, the money needs to be there somewhere in order mm -hmm. to make it to make it better, to make it grow. Like that's like that, that is, that is part of the game. And, you know, so, so I, I want to be careful that at least I, I'm not speaking for you, but I don't want Damn to. Damn right. You don't, I don't want to, I don't want to suggest that we can, you know, do this, this grand scheme where, you know, there, there is no money changing hands because that is part of the deal that, and that is, that is not a bad thing. Inherently, it is not a bad no. thing. You just have to have, all, it's, it's like, all things in all things in balance. Yeah. It's, it's always there is no black and white. There is no right and wrong in a you know in a very clear line. That there is a there is a zero one decision point, but it's variable based on the situation. And so it's it's always moving. Oh, yeah. It's always a yeah. sliding scale. And I think that's that's important to to call out. So yeah. Anyway, Monday P. Yeah. P. Uh, well, I I don't know how much we got through. You had warned me ahead of time that you had a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Did we get through even? A fraction we, of it? We made it through a chunk. A we chunk? made it through a chunk. Right. That's good. It's okay. good. So we'll, we'll, we'll call bring it, it up. there. Yeah. 
I um, I didn't get through. I was I, I was hoping I was I was going to have a pick ready for this show, but I, I'll have to wait until next week. Uh, next week. Um, I'm holding up for Chris and not the audience. I just got a new keyboard because oh. um, my old one got wet and it kind of crapped out on me. So I'm mm. trying a totally new brand this time. I'm not going to give anything away. I'm going to plug it in after the show. Well, I'm not going to plug it in right after the show. I'm going to go play, You're gonna go play God of War. Five and I'm going to go play God of War. Right. But later, like after that, way later. Like when way, you wipe the blood from your eyes, way later, twenty-seven yeah. hours from now, exactly, exactly. When I know all the secrets of the story, because it's oh my gosh, I gotta know how this ends. Then I'll plug in the keyboard and we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, in the meantime, <laughs> while I'm playing God of War, if you guys have feedback on the show, we would love to hear it. Feedback at refactor.work is where you can send us your comments. If you want to check out show notes, like all these links that Chris is going to be compiling from this episode. You can go ahead and check that out on our website, refactored.work. You can also listen to our uh, our back catalog. And this actually is a catalog now, man. This is episode yeah. 87. Seven. Thank goodness. We're getting, like, we're getting like a legit catalog here. We're only a few away from the triple digits. Super exciting. So you can check all that out at refactor.work. If you want to read more from me, by the way, we talked about hiring and resumes and stuff like that. I have an article I published it about a year ago. It talked about half the stuff we were talking about today in terms of resumes how to build it and specifically how not to build it so you don't screw yourself up. You can check my stuff out at hotcoals, K-O-E-H-L-S.com. And Chris and his stuff is over at tonkinson.com. And he had a much easier time growing up because it's way easier to spell his last name. So it's exactly how it sounds. This has been, as I said, episode 87 of the Refactor Podcast recorded on November 9th, 2022. See you, buddy. Thanks, Frank.